Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. What's up, guys? It's me, your host, Nick. Welcome to Nick's Nerd News. This is episode 173, folks. 173 weeks I've been doing this. Give or take a couple. That's wild, isn't it? I don't know what I'm doing with my time. (laughs) I don't know how I fill all these minutes for you guys. But hey, look at that. We're we're into September already. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that 2021 would move at, at a record pace while 2020 moved at, at a snail's pace, huh? It is wild. I cannot believe how quickly we've gotten to almost 2022. And, and it's, it's, been, it's been a crazy wild year, that's for damn sure. But I... It is... I just... I can't wait for what's on the horizon. Right? Um... I just I'm very excited to see where where things go in the future. Uh, not necessarily here, but just in general. You know, a lot of cool games coming out. Halo. We we are literally three months from the day of of the launch of Halo Infinite. Three months from today, Halo Infinite launches on PC and Xbox. Free to play multiplayer. I am I am stoked on life. I can tell you that right now, I am stoked on life. Um, but hey, just want to throw out some things. You know, uh, I'm still shoutcasting for the 101 Esports League based out of Oceanside. Tomorrow night will be our second night of, of Pokemon Sword and Shield competition. Last week, I got my ass pretty much handed to me. Um, not going to lie. <laughs> I got wrecked. Uh, I did put up a good fight. It wasn't, it wasn't like quicken out for me it was not it was not um i will come be competing and shoutcasting. uh you can follow us on on the 101 league at instagram twitter facebook uh on twitch.tv slash the 101 league uh, then on friday night we're going to be shoutcasting smash ultimate and, and that's going to be from six to ten make sure to check us out on switch uh, and then again on saturday from noon to four super smash brothers melee and uh, have a lot of fun just hanging out with the guys and, and chatting about gaming and, and different things while you guys watch some awesome competition go down on Nintendo Switch and GameCube on Saturdays. But uh, that's the 101 League. Great friends and partners over there. Make sure to check them out. Uh, tomorrow and on Saturday, we're at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar. Uh, great little comic book shop. Uh, Local comic book and coffee shop, you know, support local. Um, always good to see that. Uh, but moving right along, hope you guys got that reference. Let's get just right in into just the gaming news today. Not a whole lot today, short episode, uh, just like last week. Not not too much going on in the realm of, of uh, just everything in general. Just uh, it's been somewhat of a slow couple of weeks. Um, and uh let's uh like i said let's just just get get right into the thick of it here um you know 
I want to talk about Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or Horizon Forbidden West. However, the real name is Horizon Forbidden West. A lot of people are going to call it Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or Horizon 2. And while, you know, PlayStation had originally announced that all upgrades would be free or whatever from PlayStation 4 to PS5, that is increasingly becoming not the case. Um, and it turns out that Horizon Forbidden West will be the final game to get a free upgrade to the PS5 version. Uh, and following that, all games will be $10 to upgrade. Um, which a lot of people are upset with, obviously. Uh, it was it first came out that it wasn't going to be free. And then, um, then it came out that it was, uh, it's it just, it, it's a lot of mess surrounding one of their biggest games of the fall. And it's not a good look. It is not a good look on them, especially when Xbox is and plus they're charging 70 bucks for, you know, PS5 games. And it's not a good look when over on Xbox, you literally just, you know, own the game on all of them and the save transfers don't even get me started on save transfers okay and i i swear to god i hope they don't do that for horizon forbidden west because that that's just like it, it it's it's anti-consumer it really is and and everybody knows it, it it's just it it's dumb however they handle this um, but they did announce the, uh, different, um, like collector's editions of the game. Um, and they're really sick actually, because they come with a tremor tusk statue, which is the new, like big machine. And it's the, like the elephant looking one. So there were two versions, uh, the $250 re regalia version and the $200 collector's edition, which I don't understand why there's such a small price difference in the collector's editions. Uh, the regalia edition, which unfortunately is sold out, um, it came with a steelbook display case and the steelbook, mini art book, a regalia version of the Tremor Tusk and Aloy statues. Uh, comes with a replica focus, a stand for it, two art cards, Claw Strider machine, stri machine strike piece, and a Sunwing machine strike piece. Uh, it also comes with full game for both PS4, PS5, digital soundtrack, digital comic book, the Karja Behemoth Elite Outfit and Short Bow, the Nora Thunder Elite Outfit and Sling, the Apex Claw Strider machine strike piece, in-game resources pack, photo mode, which un uh, unlocks a special pose and face paint, and a legacy outfit and spear of the Nora. Um, those were all available in the regalia version. In the regular collector's edition, which is $200, uh, it comes with almost the same. Uh, you don't get the uh, replica... Um, of the, uh, uh, I just said it, the stupid thing that, that's on our head. <laughs> um, the focus. You don't get the focus. You don't get some of those strike pieces. Uh, you don't get a canvas map or the cards. Um, 
but I mean, you get a lot of the other stuff. Uh, you get the art book, the comic, the soundtrack, the steel book, the display. Uh, but this version comes with a regular Tremor Tusk and Aloy statue, not the uh, not the regular. And that one is only available in limited quantities. So that one's sold out like almost immediately. Um, the regular uh, uh, or the collector's edition, the $200 one is still available. The uh, $259, the $260 one is, is out of stock now. Um, and then there also is, of course, uh, several other versions of the game. Uh, you get like a digital deluxe version and uh, things like that. Uh, so then there's the regular Forbidden West Special Edition, which is a steel book. And you get the disc edition of it, which I guess in the collector's edition you get a digital version of the game. Even though you're getting a, a steel book, which I don't... Uh, this, this version is uh, $79.99. Uh, you get the Nora Legacy Outfit and Spear and the mini art book. Uh, that one is, is, like I said, $79.99. Then there's the regular version, which is $69.99. Uh, and that's just the launch edition. Now look at them copying Xbox. Um, and like I said, that's $69.99 on PS5 only. Then there's a $60 version, which is the PS4, PS5. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't know. I'm giving... I don't get it at all. Their pricing strategy. I think those are digital versions. I, I don't know. Uh, but that is Horizon Forbidden West. Again, that will release on uh, September... September... February 18th, 2022. Uh, so in about six months, give or take. Uh, we also got more information about Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, which is the Super Smash clone. Uh, that is going to release potentially in October now. Uh, we've gotten some new gameplay showing off new characters. Uh, like today they released gameplay showing off SpongeBob and, and Patrick and April. And uh, CatDog was, was announced a couple weeks back. Um, and the gameplay doesn't look great. Uh, from me um it looks kind of slow and it doesn't look it just it doesn't look clean and i don't know if it's because it's pre-release or if it's like beta still or something but it, it just it doesn't look clean and that's my issue with it um i'm sure they will figure it out before launch and if it does launch in like a couple weeks, uh, I have a lot of concerns. But I, I don't think, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that too much. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how that all plays out. Um, also, be on the lookout for updates to Nintendo Switch Online, the eShop, uh, as this is yet to be confirmed. But there are rumors swirling that Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games may be headed to the platform. 
They may be headed to the platform soon. Um, I would not be surprised if it's true. And uh, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. It really does. But we'll see what happens. I I think it's a smart move for them to do it, if they do it. I, I would bet on it, personally. Um, if you're looking to get your hands on a new console and haven't gotten one yet, uh, or any potential other new console that's coming in the near future, like, you know, the Steam Deck, or even the Analog Pocket, which we've talked about, speaking of Game Boy, or even the new Nintendo Switch OLED, well, uh... It looks like the chip shortage is probably going to continue through next September. They're looking at least another year of, of the semiconductor shortage for chips through the fall of 2022. And that's frustrating. That, that's so frustrating on so many levels. I can't even... I cannot even begin to fathom how frustrating that is. Um... It's not, it's not cool. It's not cool at all. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's really shitty, if you ask me. I feel bad for a lot of people. Hell, I want that analog pocket, and it's like, I don't think I'll ever get my hands on one, like, right away. And it, first world problems, obviously, but it still kind of sucks, you know? Um... Destiny 2 recently added crossplay, uh, allowing people to finally play with their friends on PlayStation, uh, Xbox, and PC all together. Um, and what it didn't have right away, though, was it didn't have the ability for crossplay voice chat. Well, a new patch has been added, and there is finally crossplay cross chat voice chat so you can talk with your friends while you're playing and uh, you don't have to worry about uh, like using some kind of alternative service or, or anything like that to be able to talk to your friends uh, a lot of people of course are more than likely going to be using discord still and, and things like that uh, but it is no longer necessary also announced uh, next year when overwatch league kicks off in the spring uh, they're actually going to start using build early builds of Overwatch 2. So the professional Overwatch players will start using early versions of Overwatch 2, early builds, so they can get, they can get their hands on it ahead of time. That will allow the developers to, to make some necessary changes. This is very interesting to see, because it's rare that you see a professional esports league use uh, a, like, a beta of a game, or an early build of a game, because it's... Granted, Overwatch 2 looks like it's going to be like Destiny 2, or it's pretty much the first game just all over again. But, again, I could be wrong, but it's going to be interesting to see how it affects competitive play, for sure. Because there might be a lot of bugs, and a, a lot of competitors might not be happy with how that plays out. So, I am a little concerned with that, personally. I, it's... I don't, I don't know. I do not know. Um, and then recently we got a new interview from PlayStation boss, well, I should say former PlayStation boss, Sean Layden. And uh, if you remember, he actually left PlayStation uh, 
like almost out of nowhere in September of 2019. So it's been about two years. I'd been with Sony for 32 years at that point and never really gave a reason. Um, he was inter being interviewed by Bloomberg of all places. And uh, his, his quote for leaving the company was, quote, it's a young person's activity. I felt this is a good time to put the pin in my legacy, unquote. Uh, he also went on to say that it has to do with burnout. He was trying to avoid burnout. I mean, then you look at, like, Phil Spencer on the other side, and he's like, he's been with Microsoft, I think, almost the same time. Um, you know, he talked about his accomplishments. He also went on to say, quote, that seemed like a good time to step off the top and allow another generation to take the PlayStation 5 to market, unquote. Um, he said, he also said, quote, I think I took a look at my time at the moment, and I saw best to take it, and I couldn't be happier, unquote. Um, so it's an hour-long interview with Bloomberg. He is also on the advisory board at Streamline Media Group. Um, the interview is with him as well. And he talked about the rising costs of AAA uh, game development, if you guys want to check it out. And he talks about, he said, quote, If we can't stop the cost curve from going up, all we can do is try to de-risk it. That puts you in a place where you're incentivized towards sequels, uh, unquote, which that makes sense. Very makes sense. So if you guys want to hear more uh, of his insight and his reasons why he left PlayStation and what he's doing now, uh, you can check out his interview with Bloomberg. Um, also totally announced this week uh, after it was leaked, Alan Wake Remastered is coming. We don't have an official release date. Uh, but it will co be coming in the next in the near future. Uh, it is going to be the original game with all updated visuals, character models, 4K. Uh, both expansions will be included. Now, this is a game that came out in 2009, and and you guys know I've talked about Alan Wake ad nauseum, right? It is a game that you should not sleep on, and if you have oh 2010, it came out in 2010. If you have never played it, you need to play it. So luckily the remaster is coming to PC, Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, the original was a uh, Xbox exclusive. But I wonder how they're going to do the product placement in this one. But <laughs> Alan Wake is hands down one of Remedy's best games. And, and Remedy is known for making uh, great, great games. I mean, look at Control. Um, but but Alan Wake, do not sleep on this game. Please, 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 if you have a chance, get the remaster. If you like thrillers, if you like mind benders, if you like suspenseful games that, that make you think, Alan Wake is the game to play. Um, it, it, is, it is amazing. I'm telling you, it is one of the best games from 2010. Do not sleep on Alan Wake. Also, we got news uh, about the... Whatever the next Mass Effect game is going to be, if it's Mass Effect 5, if it's Mass Effect 4. I think it should just be Mass Effect 4 because technically Andromeda is like a spinoff. Some people are calling it Mass Effect 5 and counting Andromeda as 4, which is really weird. But in news that will please probably just about everyone, Bioware is considering going back to Unreal Engine for whatever the next Mass Effect ends up being called. Uh, granted... A lot of the hate that that you know Andromeda got was because they switched to Frostbite, and a lot of people 
realized that maybe Frostbite wasn't ready for prime time for that kind of game. And it, it was kind of obvious in that situation. But uh, it looks like they may be going back to the where they belong and they're going to use Unreal Engine and more than likely Unreal Engine 5. So that, that is that is very good, very, very good to hear. Uh, today also, uh, this is our final bit of gaming news. Like I said, not, not a whole lot going on today. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 and uh, Playground Games and Turn 10 have announced the uh, a list of cars coming to Forza Horizon 5. And they announced 426 cars. And that's not even all of them. There's going to be more than 426 cars in Forza Horizon 5. That is a wild, wild thing to think about. I I can't even, like... I did see the Warthog was back, so that, that was cool. Uh, the Supra is going to be in it. So, so Toyota's coming in Forza for the first time at launch. Like, we've never had Toyotas at launch in a Forza game, so there's that. There's a lot of Mercs. There's a lot of Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I wish they would put the new, uh, the new Lamborghini uh, Countach that they just uh, announced. Like it's like an anniversary Countach. Uh, but <laughs> four, four hundred cars, four hundred cars, and the 2021 Ford Bronco of all things. But but hey, four hundred twenty-six cars, and it's not even the full list. I, I'm literally in shock right now. That is wild to me. That is wild. I can't wait. Comes out in November. Uh, November, uh, November 9th, November 9th. So a month, two months from tomorrow, two months from tomorrow. Um, that's it for gaming next week. Hopefully I'll have some reviews of death loop. Uh, that does come out next Tuesday and uh, we are getting into the fall season here, folks. Uh, Deathloop releases on the 14th of September, so that's next week. Then uh, next up is Far Cry 6 on October 6th, then Guardians of the Galaxy on October 26th. Uh, I still haven't decided if I'm going to get Call of Duty this year. I'm a little, little, little not happy with, with Activision still. Um, Age of Empires 4 comes out on the 23rd of October. Uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2 comes out on November 9th as well, so I'll be talking about that in November. Uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, uh, remasters, so Shining Diamond and Brilliant Pearl, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, uh, November 19th. Then, of course, Halo Infinite on December 8th, and then Pokemon Legends Arceus and Horizon Forbidden West in 2022. So that, that's what my game calendar is looking like for the fall. Nothing too crazy this year, uh, unless something gets announced in the next couple weeks, but I doubt anything is new is going to get announced coming out, um, for the next few months. It's a stacked season and that's not even everything. That is, that is the list I'm looking at right now. Uh, but again, that, that is it for gaming. I do want to talk about TV here a bit. Uh, Pokemon, Evolutions was recently announced. It starts tomorrow. It's a new web series from Pokemon. Uh, it's an eight-episode series that will highlight different major lore events from Pokemon. 
uh, from Pokemon Canon, and it will provide new perspectives on different things. It looks like a new take on Pokemon Generations, which came out a couple years ago, which kind of like followed the different main trainers from the games. And this looks like it's going to provide a different perspective on those things. And actually, it's going to work in reverse chronological order. So we'll actually start with a Galar episode. And uh, that, I think, is going to be on the Pokemon YouTube starting tomorrow. We also got a first, our first trailer for Amazon's The Wheel of Time series. This show looks bonkers. And Amazon, of course, went like all out on, on, on budget. And if this show is any indication of, of what they're willing to spend, then I am very excited to see what they do with their Lord of the Rings show. Now, I know Lord of uh, Wheel of Time is a very popular book series. I don't know if it's on the same level as Lord of the Rings and some other things, but from what I'm, I'm very interested in watching this show, and it looks really good. Rosamund Pike and some other people. Uh, it looks like a nice mix of like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and other high fantasy stuff. It looks like a nice blending of them, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. And then today, uh, of all things, was Star Trek Day, and it, it was all going down just just a few hours ago. It ended. We got a whole bunch of news about Star Trek shows. Uh, Discovery Season 4 will premiere on November 18th. Unfortunately, there was no trailer. Uh, we also got uh, news regarding uh, Strange New Worlds, which is the new show that will follow Captain Pike as he is Captain of the Enterprise, so before the events of the original series. And uh, we got like a first look, essentially. It's not a trailer, but like showing off the characters, and I don't like the outfits at all, and the have this weird look on their eyes. It's very strange. It's a very strange thing. I don't understand what what is going on with the, the picture here. But we got the announcement of new cast members. So uh, Anson Mount, of course, is playing Captain Pike. And Rebecca Romaine is playing number one, or Una. And Ethan Peck is coming back, of course, as, as Commander Spock. But uh, the new cast members that uh are coming are uh who is this uh cecilia rose gooding will be playing a younger version of of uhura um jess bush will be playing um the uh role of christine chapel and babs Olusan Mokun will be playing Dr. Mbenga, who is the captain of the Enterprise when Bones isn't around. Um, those are people playing established characters. We also got announcements of a couple new characters. Uh, Bruce Horak is playing Hemmer, who is an Andorian uh, joining the crew. Uh, also, Christina Chong will be playing a character called La'an Nunin Singh, which is very interesting and strange because that is the same last name as Khan, of course, Star Trek's most famous villain. And then we are also getting Melissa Navia playing Erica Ortegas. Uh, we don't have a premiere date. Uh, like I said, we don't have a trailer, unfortunately. I don't like these new outfits at all. They're very strange. 
that will be premiering sometime in 2022. I I just I don't understand why we don't have a trailer. They've been filming for a while, but I've already seen online people are hating on these outfits more than the ones in Discovery season two, which were not were really dumb. I hate those collars. Um, we also got a trailer for Star Trek to, uh, Prodigy, the animated show that was supposed to be on Nickelodeon but moved to Paramount Plus. That is premiering in the fall. I think it's in November. I want to know when this takes place, and I want to know why Janeway is taking on somewhat of a British accent. That's my question for that show. Uh, and then we got a new trailer for Picard Season 2. Uh, that will drop in February of next year. And it was also renewed for Season 3 at the same time, so that was great to hear. However, my issue with Season 2 is it looks like it's going to be too much of a time travel show. The trailer shows off that Q comes back messes with the timeline and it looks like we're living in an alternate universe uh based off the one it looks like the starfleet and the federation never really make peaceful amends on the planet and like it's not the terran empire but like the shitty world governments from like the late 20th century from like star trek past if you remember and then they have to go back to like modern la to change the time like why, 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 why can't we get like Picard going off doing diplomatic missions? And then with that, the Borg Queen is coming back as well. Uh, the Borg Queen was re recast as well. But I, I just, oh God, I'm a little concerned with how they're taking Picard now. They're a little much too focusing on, on rehashing some stories. And that's a concern for me. And I was hoping they would do a little bit more with Q than just a time travel alternate universe timey-wimey thing. And, and that's uh, that's unfortunate. But granted, I, it's just a trailer. It could be like three episodes that they do that. And then the rest of the season is, is not. So we will see. We will see how that all plays out. Um, also, ahead of the Rick and Morty season finale, which was on Sunday... Adult Swim started airing live-action Rick and Morty promos starring Christopher Lloyd, of all people. And and Rick and Morty has come full circle now. Uh, the original, it was Doc and Marty that Justin Roiland came up with, which was a parody on, on, obviously, Doc and Marty from Back to the Future. Then, of course, we had Rick and Morty, which was an, an uh, uh, evolution of Doc and Ma Marty, and now we have live-action Rick and Morty, which is Christopher Lloyd. Uh, and then I can't think of the name of the actor who played live-action Morty, but he's um, he's from... Uh, not Stranger Things, but he was in the It movies. Uh, he plays young Will Denborough in uh, the It films. Or was it Will? Was the character Will? Anyway, um, that is uh, that was cool to see. And then they think you think he's turning into a pickle and he's not. Um, he just picks up the pickle and eats it. But no, it's it's good. If you want to check out live action Rick and Morty with Christopher Lloyd, those are all on, on YouTube and it's fucking great. Um, and then I do want to talk about just a couple of reviews before we go into movies. Uh, what If had its best episode yet. 100%. It was all about Doctor Strange. And instead of like an event... 
uh, a certain event changing like the story. This was uh, a certain event changing a character and how they reacted to it. So it was already a different universe, but it's an event in that universe that, that breaks Doctor Strange and all the everything that he goes through. And it turns out it's possible to have two timelines or two characters existing in the same timeline. Uh, just one in the past, one in the present, as we get with uh, Prime Strange and, and other Doctor Strange. And we get to see a Doctor Strange if he was left to his own devices, right? If if, if he didn't stop himself, if, if Wong didn't, like, get through to him, if, if he was just completely broken and, and what he would do with that and how he would handle that information. Uh, he turns into this dark, evil Doctor Strange, if you will, and he essentially causes his own universe to collapse, right? Which is very interesting because the Watcher almost intervenes for once. He merges with regular with the other Doctor Strange. And a lot of people now are wondering if this like dark and twisted Doctor Strange is the one that was in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Because this Doctor Strange is someone who would take those risks. Who would go out on a limb. And New Rockstar is a really great YouTube channel I follow. They pointed out, so the Doctor Strange we know from the MCU, of course, has hands covered in scars. From his, his crash and his surgery and all that. That's why he went to Camartage. In the What If episode, Doctor Strange is not uh, severely injured in that crash. Christine is the one who dies. And he obviously is not going to have scars on his hands. Whereas when you look at the Doctor Strange in the No Way Home trailer, and I know it's a trailer and Marvel's famous for putting stuff in trailers that's not in the movies and hiding shit and twisting it. That Doctor Strange that's performing the spell has perfectly clean hands that do not have scars on them. So, a lot of people are wondering if this Doctor Strange from last week's What If is the Doctor Strange he escaped his collapsing universe and is now in the main MCU timeline and is influencing Peter Parker. But we'll, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. Uh, and then I do want to talk about the season finale of Rick and Morty. It was a two-parter. And it was a very interesting show. The first episode was very interesting in terms of like Rick picking two crows over Morty and how smart the two crows are. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. And then like the crows come to Earth and like fight. And it it's just <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. It was pure Rick and Morty ridiculousness. But then what we don't expect is Rick takes off with the two crows, leaves Morty, and starts his own show. Uh, Rick and Two Crows. And what we're treated to as it, it ends, the second episode is where we get a awesome anime-inspired beginning uh, with with Rick and his Two Crows. <laughs> and it... it uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe the outrageousness that it was that that's that's how ridiculous it was like it was just what you wouldn't expect uh from rick and morty and actually you would expect it from rick and morty and that's two anime inspired episodes this week uh rick becomes this like dark 
wizard type character all decked out in like dark stuff because he's like a crow master or whatever you want to call him and uh <laughs> it was it was hilarious um but it turns out uh we go back to the citadel the citadel of ricks and evil morty is heavily involved and the timelines are broken and rick and morty get in a massive fight and a lot of ricks and mortys are subsequently killed as evil morty concocts his plan and escapes into a new universe with a new yellow portal and we're left watching our rick and morty c-137 uh in a like escape pod of the citadel essentially drifting off and we don't know where they go so this could be uh some people are saying a a whole reboot for the series some people are wondering if we're ever going to see rick c-137 again uh, how this is all going to play out because this opens the door for so many different possibilities for Rick and Morty moving forward. And my main question is, I thought there was a Vindicators episode coming this season. I guess I was wrong. Um, But if and when, I know season six is coming. I hope we don't have to wait too long for it. But it, it is going to be a wild ride. For when it does come out. I will say that for sure. But season 5. Season 5 ended with a fucking bang. And it blew the, the Rick and Morty verse up. For sure. Uh, that is it for TV. I do want to go into uh, movies here a bit. Uh, we got our first look. James Wan shared a picture of Aquaman in his new stealth suit. Why Aquaman needs a stealth suit is beyond me. He's already in the ocean. Uh, And then he also showed off pictures of uh, Patrick Wilson as Ocean Master looking like he's been adrift at sea for about a decade based off his hair and beard. Which, I wonder if there's going to be a time jump in Aquaman 2. I mean, obviously there's going to be a time jump, but what I mean is by like how long. How many years are they going to put in between them? Uh, Are they going to do the three years like it's been since the movie? Uh, since the first one came out, are they going to do like five or, or longer? But Aquaman has a stealth suit now, which, again, I don't know why he would need a stealth suit. Um, the next Pokemon movie, Pokemon the movie uh, Junk, The Secret Jungle, The Something Jungle, will premiere on Netflix in October. Uh, it was uh, It came out in theaters, I think, last year in Japan. I know it was supposed to come out this year in theaters, uh, but it has uh, moved to Netflix instead, which Netflix is becoming the new home for Pokemon, if you were not aware. Um, <laughs> that's, that's definitely what's happening. Um, and then a lot, of head, a lot of news has been floating around right now about the Marvel Universe and the Russo Bros and the Scarlett Johansson thing. And... So it came out today that Scarlett Johansson actually asked for $100 million in return for, for the Black Widow, even though she made 50 A lot of people are like, did it even make enough for you to warrant that money? Anyway, um, the Russo brothers were apparently in talks for directing another Marvel movie. And don't don't look at the headlines, because the headlines are a lot of clickbaitiness. And it's like, oh... They're hesitant to direct another Marvel movie because of the Black Widow lawsuit. And it's it's 
not necessarily in support of Scarlett Johansson, but more in line with how will it affect their cut, their percentage. Because obviously, if they direct a movie for, for, for Marvel Studios, they want to make sure that it goes out in theaters and doesn't get, quote-unquote, like, shafted by being on Disney+. Plus. So that is their thing. It's not necessarily them standing in solidarity with, with Scar Joe. It's more in line with, like, if we do this movie, are we going to be compensated fairly for it, and are we going to get the money we deserve to direct it? And, and I get it. I 100% get it. But if Shang-Chi coming out and dominating box office records is any indication, I don't think the Russo brothers need to be too worried. Um, yeah, Shang-Chi is breaking box office records, both pandemic records and uh, Labor Day weekend records. Uh, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi made... $94 million this Labor Day, and that is the highest Labor Day opening weekend. Um, it was a three-day total. So normally it's a slow weekend at, at, at the, the, the box office, but it made $75.5 million, which is way more than 2007, when the last time the Labor Day weekend was broken. And Halloween, the Halloween reboot, the Rob Zombie movie, made $30 million in 2007 Labor Day. That is wild that Shang-Chi made $75 million on a Labor Day weekend in a pandemic year, breaking a 14-year-old record. <laughs> a 14-year-old record for Labor Day weekend movie opening. And that is what, and, and of all movies, it was Shang-Chi, which is fucking great, by the way, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Um, that's fucking wild, man. It broke records. It broke records, and people were worried that it might flop or some shit. And it's actually the best opening for a movie since March 2020 when the pandemic started. So Black Widow uh, made $80.4 million in its opening weekend uh, in less theaters than Shang-Chi. So that tells you something. But Shang-Chi made $75 million and obviously it made more over the four-day weekend. You, uh, Fast 9 made $70 million, so that's number three. A Quiet Place Part 2 at 47 Jungle Cruise at 35 Godzilla vs. Kong at 31, Space Jam at 31, Free Guy at 28, The Suicide Squad at 26, and The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, rounding up the top 10 at $24 million. Almost all of those movies have released in 2021, uh, calendar year 2021. There has not been a single movie that broke the $20 million barrier in uh, since March of 2020. In 2020, all films that broke the $20 million barrier released in 2021. Um, and then, yeah, that's crazy. Shang-Chi, go see it if you haven't yet. Uh, and I want to talk about this article I saw uh, a couple of days ago. And it was in regards to the Jackass guys, which I'm still upset that I got moved to February. 
But the Jackass crew, so Johnny Knoxville, Bam, Steve-O, Chris Pontius, you know, Wee Man, all of them. Uh, since they started, since their career started on TV, you know, and back on MTV back in the day, between all of them, they have amassed an estimated cost of afflictions at $24 million worth of injuries. And this was uh, a study commissioned by the Nova Legal Funding. Uh, and this is based off approximations, so it's not official in any way. But they, they, they guessed, essentially, on how much money has been spent on cast members' injuries, uh, both sustained before, during, and in between filmings of all movies and series. And they put Johnny at top, obviously, at $8.6 million of potential injuries. Uh, Aaron, Danger Aaron, you might know him as, uh, so Aaron McGahey at 7.38 million and Steve-O at number three with 5.82 million. Um, then it goes down the list, Dave England, uh, Wee Man, and, uh, and they did not include Bam because of ongoing issues. So Bam might be in the top three and probably knock out the fact that Danger Aaron's number two. That's wild. Because uh, Bam had his own show as well. So that would probably be included. And obviously uh, Wild Boys is including for Steve-O. And it just shows you who gets hurt the most. And, and how they're, they act on the show. Granted, Johnny does it because he's just always willing. And Danger Aaron sometimes is forced into it. Uh, but... So essentially what they did to make the list is... Um, they focused on a cast member, worked out average costs, um, based off what experts would say and probably insurance and hospitals. And they came up with that, a total figure of $24,263,000. But this is only based on reported injuries. So not, not actual, we don't know the, the real cost essentially. And that's wild to me. So, uh, and this is, this is, they also broke it down. So, uh, looks like there was at least 28 broken bones, 36 head injuries, an alligator related injury. Uh, it's theorized that Johnny Knoxville's had at least 16 concussions in his life, including a brain hemorrhage, uh, which he, uh, received during filming of, of Jackass Forever. 16 concussions. The man is like in his fifties. And he's had 16 concussions, and he's just still a fucking champ. Man, is Johnny Knoxville is built different. Um, wow, 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 wow. Uh, they went on to say Danger Aaron has at least had three broken necks and nine knee surgeries. That's $3.8 million alone of his money. Uh, Steve-O has had a fractured skull, which was $1.7 million alone. Uh, broken his teeth seven times, and that's another three hundred fifty thousand. Uh, so the CEO of NLF, who are the experts that that calculated this, said, "quote We wanted to show how much these painful accidents cost in medical bills, so fans of the show can appreciate the financial and medical consequences of living such an adrenaline fueled life." Unquote. Well, obviously, they always say, "Do not perform these things." Um, they said that the the bills may be closer to thirty eight million dollars, 
um, if they really took everything into consideration. And yeah, that's a lot, man. Oh Jesus! And remind you, uh, mind you, these guys have been on the air since two thousand. So two thousand is when the show first started, and now the fourth movie is coming out in twenty twenty two. So it's been been about over twenty years that these guys have been doing constant, constant pain and and battering. Oh my God, that is crazy to think about that they've been they've been doing it for this long and and none of them none of them thankfully have uh sustained major life-threatening in, uh issues or injuries um of course Ryan Dunn RIP he he unfortunately died in a, a car crash that was unrelated to uh normal uh jackass shenanigans and uh, moving over to, to movies here a bit, or we're already in movies. Moving over to some other news. Uh, Denny Villeneuve, Villeneuve, I can't, I need to learn how to say his name, uh, has been making the rounds for Dune. Of course, reviews have finally come out for Dune, even though the movie doesn't come out for a couple more weeks. Looks like it's, it's people are loving Dune. At least the critics are giving it really good reviews. Uh, um, I'm excited for Dune. Uh, he did say he wants to film like three parts, uh, and he did say as soon as he gets the green light for part two, he is ready to go start filming. Obviously, he needs his stars ready for that, um, and I am very, very excited for when Dune comes out. Like I said, it's just a few short weeks. It's just over a month, and uh, we will, of course, be talking about Dune on this podcast, so stick with Nick's Nerd News for movie coverage of Dune in the next few weeks. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, uh, after all the rumors of delays, it's moving up a week. So it will now be releasing a week early on October 1st, 2021. So you don't have to wait too much longer for Venom, Let There Be Carnage if you plan on seeing it. We are getting a new trailer for The Matrix Resurrections tomorrow. Uh, Also a new, not a new, but an old website has been re-resurrected, if you will. Uh, watchthematrix.com and it lets you choose a red or a blue pill obviously there's a couple different teaser trailers we've gotten some first look images and Neo is looking a lot like John Wick I I don't know why they they did that I guess Keanu didn't want to shave or cut his hair Um, our first look at Yahya Abdul-Mateen our first look at uh, Carrie Ann Moss's Trinity again and uh, some other interesting characters looks like we're going back to the Nebuchadnezzar, maybe. And that trailer drops tomorrow, so we'll, we'll definitely be talking about it on next week's episode. And then the final bit of TV or movie news I wanted to talk about today, of course, was Shang-Chi. Uh, I saw it on Sunday with some buddies, and honestly, it's my favorite Marvel movie now. Shang-Chi is my favorite Marvel movie. I, I have just been, I've been thinking about it the last few days. And it, it, the fight choreography is damn near amazing. There are a lot of great characters in the film. Aquafina is honestly the heart of the movie, and she's hilarious in it. Uh, spoiler alert, Trevor Slattery is back, so if you've seen Iron Man 3, you know who I'm talking about. And Wen Wu, 
who is technically the Mandarin, uh, the the owner of the Ten Rings, is one of the best villains and most nuanced villains in the MCU after Thanos. And, and you can almost sympathize with him in a way. Uh, the end is a very unexpected, like, super CGI spectacle that was great, though. There's this really fucking cool dragon fighting this, like, demon beast. Michelle Yeoh, elegant as ever. And the newcomer, uh, Meng-Er, who plays Shang-Chi's sister, she is a newcomer, and she honestly, for never, like, really acting in a movie before, she killed it, man. She is great in the film. I... Like I said, I am like loving Shang-Chi way more than I didn't I didn't look, I didn't have a high bar going in, right? Because obviously Marvel some Marvel movies lately have been kind of eh. like Black Widow, no stakes. I'm like what what am I doing here? Why why is this movie coming out now and not like 4 years ago before Endgame, right? Or at least before Infinity War or something. I don't know, but you know what I mean. But this movie was great. The fighting, like I said, fight choreography is amazing. The cameos are perfect, right? The abomination and Wong and the, the mid credit scene that you need to watch. The, like, attention to detail in terms of, like, how someone in his early 20s might be living in today's world. Like, that, that is very realistic. And, and then just honoring family and sticking to values of of you know asian cultures and making sure that that they don't they don't westernize it they don't whitewash it in any way and that that's what i like about the movie because it is great and it 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 apologizes for some past sins that that you know the mcu has made uh, in regards to that but other than that like i had fun watching it and simu liu is great as shang chi like I said, Aquafina is like the heart of the movie. Just it it is a ten out of ten for me. It is it is by far the best Marvel movie to me, next to like Endgame. And I I would definitely definitely urge you guys to go see it if you haven't seen it yet. It was a great watch. It's a, worth a rewatch. Um, it just it overall it was just a great fun movie, and it a lot of things just fit perfectly and make sense and and. Nothing that seems too much of a stretch in, in that world. And it, it allows also for us to start getting used to, like, the mythical world and the, the other other dimensions. And more of an um, look at, like, trans-dimensional stuff. And, and not necessarily, like, religious stuff, but, like I said, like, mythical stuff. And, and things that, that play into legends and magic and things like that we we got a taste of it obviously with 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 the first doctor strange um but but shang chi leans into it and opens the door you know for more like with what happened in wandavision and what's coming up with possibly spider-man no way home and then of course doctor strange 2 and the multiverse of madness so i am very excited to see where things go and uh i can't wait for what's next and uh, with that being said, uh, that is it for me today. 
on our 174th episode of Nixner News. Of course, I am your host, Nick. Uh, you can check me out on my own social medias. Um, also, check out uh, shoutcasting that I do for the 101 Esports League in Oceanside. Uh, catch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the 101 League. Uh, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Uh, we'll be live tomorrow doing Pokemon Sword and Shield from five or from six to ten. Uh, I will be shoutcasting and competing. Then on Friday night, we're shoutcasting from six to ten-ish. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate will be on Twitch as well, and then uh, we'll be shoutcasting. I'll be shoutcasting. They'll be hosting Super Smash Brothers Melee on Saturday from noon to four. That is uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night's Pokemon, and Saturday's Melee are both at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar. Uh, great local business. It's a coffee bar and comic shop. And uh, hope to see you guys there or on the stream. Also, don't forget to check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you prefer to take us on the go, you can find links to our Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify pages. Uh, that way you guys can like, share, subscribe, uh, drop a review, all that good stuff. Uh, also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds where we post a lot of fun memes. Or just search Nick's Nerd News on your preferred social media platform of choice. Like I said, I'm Nick. Thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys on the flip side.